everyone, Dave Therrien here. Oh, I'm glad to be with you today. You know why? <laughs> Brand new series. Oh, this is going to be a good series. You know why? Because it has to do with everything we have because of Christ. Oh, we get a lot of stuff going for us, you know, because of Christ. If you got him, he's got you. He's got a lot for you. Today we're going to see because of Christ, I have hope. We need hope, right? Oh yeah, we do. Need a lot of hope. You know, Solomon said, without hope, get a sick heart. Nothing good. Nothing good's going on without hope. Hope's like the fuel, the fuel. You know, it's like gas for the car, hope for the heart. That's what we need. We need hope. So we're going to begin that today. We're going to begin talking about hope as we backtrack. And we're going to go back to that original Palm Sunday. Because you know why? That was the day in the lives of the Jewish people where their hope revived on that Palm Sunday. Now, they didn't call it Palm Sunday, but we do. And um it's a day that Jesus came riding into town on a donkey and the people heralded him as the coming king. Now, granted, their idea wasn't exactly accurate. They thought he was coming in as a king, you know, to rule. Actually, that wasn't the reason he rode into town. But it was a fulfillment of a prophecy spoken. Are you kidding? 500 years earlier? I'm like, what? God can say something, and then 500 years later, it happens. And you know who prophesied? Zechariah. He said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Ah, behold. In other words, look at that. Your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation. Oh, humble, mounted on a donkey. Even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. What? Zechariah knew Jesus was going to ride into town on a donkey 500 years before he did it. And then you know what? Jesus did. <laughs> you know what that tells me? God's got everything under control. Oh, yes, he does. Sometimes we think, you know, God, man, aren't you paying attention? <laughs> He's paying attention. He, he, he knows exactly everything that's happening and everything that's going to happen as well. Okay? So, now we find this actual event recorded in the Apostle John's Gospel. But before we look at the account, let's try to put ourselves in the place of the people who were welcoming Jesus. And you know why? Because they were people, like probably many of you, myself included, that need hope. Yeah. We all need hope. If you need hope, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. We all need hope. The people in the days of Jesus, they felt oppression from the Romans. They were very highly taxed by the Romans. They worked, man, day to day for the next meal. And they felt that life had become bigger than them. So much so 
that it was like a dark cloud that blocked any ray of light or ray of hope that they could ever have. Wow. So let me ask you, did you ever feel like that? Did you ever feel like one of the ancient Israelites? Did you ever feel oppressed, financially strapped, not much of a bright future? Oh, despairing of hope. I think it's a common condition at one time or another. So because of their condition, they were waiting for a breakthrough. And their Old Testament Bibles told them a breakthrough would come one day. You know, that's the great thing about the Bible. It gives us something to look forward to. You know that? There's a lot of people today, man, they got like nothing to look forward to. What's that like? What's that like when there's nothing on the horizon? When you have no expectations, that's not good. That's like, that's not even, I don't know, it's kind of boring. It's not much of an existence. But the Word of God, oh, it gives us a lot to look forward to. And if you're one of those that says, well, what's it give us to look forward to? I would say, you better start reading. Oh, yeah. Start reading because there's a lot there. Get the church. Find the church that preaches the Word of God. Not a church that hypes you up. A church that teaches Scripture. Okay. So this is why they remember the prophecy. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Ah, behold, your king is coming to you. And he's just and endowed with salvation. He's humble, mounted on a donkey. See, a donkey was a beast of burden, an animal of peace. Even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. So, okay, that's the prophecy. Now we're going to pick it up in John chapter 12, in verse 12, on the next day. Now, whenever a scripture opens up with the next day, I don't know about you, but I like to go and find out, well, the next day after what? <laughs> right? So it was the day after Mary took a pound of very costly perfume and she anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Oh, and the house filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So now on the next day after that, the large crowd who had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and they went out to meet him. And they began to shout, Hosanna! Oh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. I'll say one thing about these people. Maybe their timing wasn't exactly right, but they knew their scriptures. They knew the Old Testament. They connected Jesus with the prophecy of Zechariah. That's pretty good. I think that's pretty, hats off to them. That's good. See, we need to do that. We need to connect scripture with the events of our life. That's when it's beneficial. That's when it helps you. When you're going through something in your life and you've got a scripture to line up with that event and it'll get you through. Okay? Now, so, people finally had a hope. Someone who they believed would come and change everything for the better for them. Now, remember, 
They had the prophecy, your king is coming. Number one, he's a king. He's just. He's going to bring salvation. But what they missed was, wait a minute, he's on a donkey. He's not on a horse. He's not coming to go to battle. He's coming peacefully. But they figured, well, you know what what Zechariah said? This must be the day. Now, Jesus was a king, just not then. See, when Jesus came, he didn't just come to give us hope for today, or next week, or next year. He came to give us hope for eternity. That's what he came for. See, the ministry of Jesus has eternal ramifications. You know, I like New England. New England is an interesting place to grow up and live. We've got the four seasons. We complain about winter all the time, but we love them all. And if you're a native New Englander, perhaps you can attest to this, that it's a very religious area. Got a lot of churches, observances of religious holy days, follow through with the sacraments of baptism, communion, confirmation. So what the Bible says next, I wonder if it could be applied today as well. Verse 16, these things his disciples did not understand at the first. Hmm. The disciples didn't initially understand what was happening with Jesus. Now think about it. With all of our church going, observances, and rituals, do do we really understand what Jesus is all about? Do we really understand? You know, it's not, I mean, it's easy to let the religious aspect of our life overshadow Christ. That can happen. Oh, it happens. It happens a lot. We get so involved in the religiosity. But what about the personal relationship with the Lord Jesus? You know, we can even put going to church above our day-to-day walk. That's not right. Right? You can pride yourself on going to church every week, maybe twice a week. Wow, give him a sticker. But how's the day-to-day walk? That's what's important. Because the reason we go to church is to learn to walk with Christ. And then when we observe communion, are we really understanding, wait a minute, this is a wonderful picture of Jesus giving himself for us. His, His tortured body and shed blood. Does it make an impact? Does it impress you? And then when we're baptized, we go under the water and we come out. And we come out that picture of a new creation in Christ. And But I wonder, though, after the baptism, does our life line up with the new creation that God made us to be? That's so important. And then in other denominations, they have other rites and rituals. So the key, you know, the question I have, how much do we really understand? I mean, think about the disciples. They they walk with Jesus for three years, right? They witnessed the miracles. You know, they saw him. They were there when he fed the multitude. Like, are you kidding, Jesus? You just fed 5,000 people. 
with a little boy's lunch. That was incredible. They were there when Jesus gave sight to the blind. Wow. John, did you see that? Yeah, Peter, that was awesome. And he gave hearing to the deaf. They were right there. They saw the the dancing of the man that got healed at the pool of Bethesda when he laid there for 38 years and he couldn't walk. And Jesus told him, you can walk. Just get up. The guy got up. He started walking. You know, the Bible says he walked, but you know what I think he did? (laughs) I think he danced. I think he's dancing around. He's doing the jig. He's like, man, I never have, I haven't done this all my life. And the disciples were there. They witnessed all those things. They walked with him. They, they ate meals with him. Oh, they traveled with him. And yet, when Jesus rode into town, and then he was arrested and crucified, and he gave up his life on the cross, they didn't understand what the past three years were really all about. Wow. It was like that the three years that passed, like they never happened. It's like none of that ever happened. And Jesus told them all, yes, these things are going to happen. But they didn't remember. We have to remember the scriptures. We don't go to church for the sake of going to church. We go to church to learn the scriptures so we can remember. And then finally, when Jesus was glorified in verse 16, that means that he came back from the dead. Oh, then they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things to him. See, Jesus had to work his own miracle, come back from the dead in order to spark their memories. Because they were just thinking. And they let, you know what they did? They let what looked like a bad situation. Oh, I like this. Here it comes. Fresh from God. They let a bad situation erase the last three years of their memory. A bad situation. There's my friend on the cross. He's dying. And they let that erase the last three years. The power, the miracles, the teachings, the things that he said, all forgotten. And when Jesus died, you know what some of the disciples did? You know what they said? Let's go fishing. I'm like, what? Let's go fishing. Didn't you remember what he said? He said he was going to die, but he was coming back. Let's go fishing. They didn't remember that part. Oh, but when they saw him and he he stood in front of them with the wounds, they finally understood who Jesus was and what he came to do and why he was crucified on a Roman cross. He didn't come the first time to take away Roman oppression. He came to take away sin's oppression. That's why he came. He didn't come to give us financial security. He came to give us eternal security. And that's why, you know what? My skin crawls 
I get so upset when I hear these fake preachers not teach the Word of God and just talk about blessing, 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 riches, 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 prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. Oh, it is so unfair and so one-sided and so manipulative. He didn't come to give us financial security. Some of the greatest believers in the world are poor as dirt. And they're going to live that way and they're going to die that way. He came to give us eternal security. Some of the greatest believers in the world are sick and they're going to live sick and they're going to die sick. They've got great faith. And it's got nothing to do with not having enough faith. That's just false teaching. He came to give us eternal life. He didn't come to give us hope for today. He came to give us hope forever. Forever. See, Jesus is eternally minded. He cares about eternity. You know why? Because it lasts longer. Oh, it lasts forever. Life on earth, boom, vapor. Puff of smoke, gone. Eternity, (laughs) here to stay. Oh yeah, eternity is here to stay. Forever and ever. Everlasting life, right? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll never perish. You'll have everlasting life. A life that lasts forever. That's what that is. Earlier in John's Gospel, Jesus said in John 3.17, God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world. He said, I didn't come down here with a hammer. No, He sent the Son that the world might be saved through Him. Oh, saved. What does that mean? Delivered. Rescued. From what? Judgment. Not rescued from sickness. Not rescued from poverty. Not even rescued from war. Rescued from judgment. He came to deliver us from the wrath of God that sin deserves. And He came and He submitted Himself to that wrath so we wouldn't have to. That's why He came. Oh, we got to see Jesus. Don't be like the disciples and misread who Jesus is. Because they misread. These people on Palm Sunday, they misread who he was. Here he comes. Hey, Jesus, where's your sword? Where's your club? How are you going to get those Romans? I don't see your sword. They said, no, man. Sword's not my weapon. I came to defeat sin. How are you going to do that, Jesus? I'm going to die. What? I'm going to die. I'm going to get the victory by dying. Oh, no, don't do that. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Why? Because I'm going to rise again. (laughs) I'm going to rise again. I'm taking sin down through my death, and I'm coming back. So that's why he who believes, what does it mean to believe? To put your trust in him. Put your trust. He who believes in him is not judged. Why aren't you judged? Because the judgment has been taken from you 
and placed on Christ. At your moment of believing, your judgment is removed and it's put on Christ. But, uh uh-oh, here's the contrast. He who does not believe, in other words, he who does not put his trust in Christ has been judged already. Judged already? Why is he judged already? Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And what is the Apostle John writing for us here? He's saying, we are born judged. Oh, you got to get this. We are born judged. We're born condemned. You're born with a sin nature, alienated from the life of God, Paul said. And how do we get out of that predicament? Faith in Christ removes that judgment. That's how we get out of it. Faith. That's why Jesus said, listen, that which is born of the flesh, flesh. That's your first birth. That's where you stand condemned. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That's where you stand forgiven. Now the question, have you have a have you had a spiritual birth? A spiritual birth happens at the moment of faith in Christ. Now, okay, back to the beginning. This is where our hope comes from. And by the word, by the way, the word hope, it's the Greek word elpis. It doesn't mean a wish or a desire. You know what it means? I like this word. Confident expectation. That's what it means. See, hope in the English means, oh, I wish it would. But hope in the Greek means it's a guarantee. It's a confident expectation. It is a certainty. So hope means, our hope in Christ means we have a certainty of eternal life with him. It's a certainty. It's not like, well, you know, if I walk the line and don't go left or right, I'll be saved. No. It's a certainty. Christ came to give us what? Eternal salvation. So let me ask you, do you have this hope? Do you have a hope that goes beyond this life, this realm, into eternity? That's the question. Because, you know, what we do as God's people sometimes, and it's not our fault. A lot of times it's false teaching. We put all our hope in the circumstances on the earth. Forget that. Your hope is in eternity. Your, your confidence is in eternity. It's not in all the circumstances. It's not in all the things in this life that you want to get, that you're even praying for. You're not going to get everything you pray for. No one does. No one does. Even Jesus prayed in the garden, Father, let this cup pass from me. But then he said, Well, nevertheless, your will be done. Even Jesus didn't get everything he prayed for. He wanted the Father's will. And that's the kind of people we need to be. 
We want the will of God in our life, but our hope, our, our certainty is for eternity. And you can have that hope. Oh, yes. You can have that hope. It comes from what? Accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you'll be saved from what? Judgment. We're actually saved from two things. Number one, the judgment of God. And number two, the power of that sin nature. That dirty sin nature, man, wants to mess us up, trip us up, get us out of the will of God, get us all emotional, reactionary, despondent. Oh, yeah, it does that. The sin nature is not your friend. (laughs) The the sin nature is your flesh, right? It's your natural human reasoning. It's not your friend. That's why Paul said, you got to crucify that guy. You got to crucify the flesh and then take on divine thinking. Divine thinking comes from what? The Word of God. That's, that's what we have to think with. And that's why we need to learn the scriptures. And we need to submit ourselves to teachers of the scriptures, not cheerleaders. We don't need cheerleaders. We need teachers. Teachers that teach the word of God. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. That's where our strength comes from. That's where our hope comes from. And like we said in the beginning, hope delayed makes the heart sick. If you don't have hope, you're going nowhere. You can have a nice Rolls Royce, but if you got no gas, you're going nowhere. You need gas. You need fuel. Hope is the fuel for the soul. That's what it is. And where does it come from? It comes from the scriptures. Learn the scriptures. That's the best thing to do. And the hope you need will carry you through right into eternity. But we got to set our affections, what, on things above, not on things on the earth. I don't know. I like that message. Gets me reoriented, you know. Gets my mind off this crazy world. Puts it on the world of God. God's world. That's what I want to think about. Hey, thanks for coming along today. Hey, if these messages help you in any way, get a friend to listen. Christian, non-Christian, doesn't matter. And by the way, check out our Hope Club podcast. Go to newhopecc.tv. Scroll down just a little bit. And all of our podcasts are there. It's all of our radio messages. You can go way back. Got like 190 of them. Go back to the beginning and stop listening. You know why? going to give you hope. Thanks for coming. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.